to the DIY Animation Show, where we get to the heart of what it means to be an independent animator. I'm Lauren Morse. And I'm Jessica Dahl. Together with our guests, we'll explore tips, tricks, the psychological, the fundamental, and above all, how to make whatever you can with whatever you've got. From the keys to the breakdowns and everything in between. The timing's right to do it yourself. Let's get rolling! Welcome back to the DIY Animation Show! Yeah! Hey, everybody! Hello! Hope you're doing good. Oh, yeah. Finger guns all around. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we talk with story and background artist Thomas Wellman, calling all the way from Germany. Oh, man, so far away. Thomas Wellman wears many hats as an artist. He's an illustrator, background artist for Clarence and Summer Camp Island, he was a storyboard artist on Adventure Time, and on top of all of that, he's also an indie comics creator in his spare time. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Initially, we were just super stoked to even pick his brains about just making backgrounds for some of our favorite shows. It was really easy to be excited about, and you know, we're already excitable people as it is, so... Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but as we soon learned, and as you will soon hear... His wealth of experience led to an enriching discussion on what it means to tell a visual story, whether through backgrounds, comics, or in the simplest of drawings. Lauren and I love his grounded, simple approach to his art, and of course his enthusiasm and curiosity towards making it. And we just know that you will too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that being said... Today, in part one, we talk with Thomas about how he got to work on Adventure Time and Clarence while still living in Germany, his favourite things that help him work effectively from home, his technical nuts and bolts process for creating backgrounds for Clarence, his lo-fi, no-frills approach to creating his art, and his philosophy on visual style and encouraging its evolution. So all that being said, let's go! Yeah! Thomas, your artwork is so fun and bright and colorful. It's so much fun to look at. It's like looking at a candy shop almost. <laughs> oh, thank you. How was it that you came to be a background designer? Is it something that you'd always hoped to do? And not really. We don't have a real animation school or we didn't have the time that I studied. Mm -hmm. um, so when I started like after school, I, I wanted to, to go vaguely in the direction of, of making video games or getting near making video games and I, I read that a lot of people who do graphics on video games studied like graphic designs and so I, I um, enlisted to that and mm -hmm. uh, studied communication designs was, was the term what, what it was called that time and uh, I, I really didn't I, I didn't have a particular direction in while I was studying and afterwards and, and uh, in my studies I got to know some other illustrators and especially a professor of mine, Max Fiedler, who was uh, doing animation in Flash and who, who was uh, 
a great illustrator and, and a big like uh, role model for me. And uh, he was freelancing. And so I, I thought, oh, that, that's cool, freelancing. Um, and he was also quite successful and, and got good money. And, and I thought that's a great thing to do. And so <laughs> I just uh, finished my, uh, my studies with a comic and uh, didn't have any commercial, com commercial applicable work. Whether it was for uh, advertising or animation or somewhat, and uh, yeah, there I was starting uh, very naively to be a freelancer. <laughs> and uh, how did you approach that? Did you just dive into freelancing? Yes, <laughs> somehow. Oh, and, uh, I was. Um, I had some jobs for advertising while I was still studying, and in Germany we um, we didn't have to pay anything for our uh, school, so oh. I, I, I had no oh. debt or something when I was oh, finished. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah, so that's a different situation there. So you, you really can just start. I didn't have to invest anything. I just had to keep on living like I did before. And wow. uh, so I had a few jobs and I thought, okay, I never like did um, acquisition for jobs. So and, and I already got some jobs. So I thought when I will go and advertise for myself, it's, it's going to pour in. So <laughs> I thought. <laughs> And it didn't, and uh, I had to to get another job uh, to get a, a bit of money in selling pens and clothes in the store. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, then I um, I got some jobs from friends, and and it, each year would be a bit better, and each year would be a bit more like orienting into the style that I now have, and uh, that brought more and more jobs in animation with it, and the. You, the, the, I think the biggest step was for me to to go to TCAF in Toronto in 2012. Oh, wow. And That's cool. What, what was that like? Amazing. It was one of the coolest festivals that I ever ever saw. So um, we, have, we have some cool festivals in Germany as well, but it's not connected to, to an animation industry. It's, just, it's more like um, really just comics people. And I wasn't more concentrating on, on comics as well and not so much on animation. I, I liked animation, but I wasn't like really uh, focused on, on it. So, And when then I, I went to TCAF uh, because a friend of mine is living there mm -hmm. in Toronto. Mm -hmm. We studied together and he, he went there, living there. And, um, and my girlfriend did a, a, a bicycling tour through uh, Northern America. And so I, meet, I met her there in Toronto and we spent some time in Canada together. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's and, so cool. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I was there. And um, then I gave my a bunch of comics to, to, to Pendleton Ward, which oh, wow. not directly because I, I didn't meet him, like really directly. Yeah. I met him, but I didn't have my comics on me. And so I gave, I don't know whom I gave it to, but, but he, <laughs> he received them somehow. And uh, I think that... <laughs> That was why I uh, got an invitation to do a storyboard test for, for Adventure Time. And I think maybe that, or I, I don't know how that was connected, but that's what, what, why, how I got, got into, into animation more. Mm -hmm. And uh, how I got uh, to um, background design is pretty simple. Just while um, the team of Clarence was like um, developing the show, I think the character designer just reference my work and so I got an um, invitation to a test to uh, to do backgrounds for Clarence and that went well so wow. they just saw it on the internet that's it so <laughs> that's incredible that's super cool yeah. I really I really like that it just like that really is incredible that's yeah. awesome yeah I don't know if the adventure time thing and Clarence 
really were that related to each other. But but Adventure Time brought me a big attention boost. I think also from people who are who were were doing animation. I think, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because uh, for Adventure Time, I think I mean you storyboarded a few episodes of those. Two. Uh, Just two. Yeah, but was that experience like storyboarding uh, those two episodes of Adventure Time? Mm. I was also doing that remotely, like everything. Uh-huh. And I was teamed up with, um, with Jesse Moynihan. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right because I did it wrong a few times. Um, <laughs> because his uh, usual partner was, I think, away for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I was filling in for, for her. And um, it was really, really weird and a bit scary like to go to a, a design handout or, or to a storyboard handout and uh, per Skype and the sound wasn't that good. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand everything, but, but I, I was too, too careful or too shy to, to like really say something about it. So, you know, and, and I, but, but, I, but it was cool and, and Jesse was really cool and nice to work with. And we split the episodes in two halves mm-hmm. and um, we just, Basically talked about what what uh, hairdress and what what uh, what clothes uh, Princess Bubblegum had to wear. And <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really nice and and but but really stressful for me at that time because I never did anything like that before mm-hmm. and just had to do it in to to came up with a rough version of it in in in, in a month uh, wow. in a week. Sorry, in a week. Wow. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a lot less than a month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I didn't do anything else in that time, so that was good to not have to uh, like deal with different jobs at the same time. So yeah, yeah, that's really stressful um, compared to a design job. I think like doing uh, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so was that? I mean, I, I can't begin to imagine how crazy that must be trying to get half an episode done in in a week. Was that? literally all day every day working on it yeah no not yeah it's mostly finding ideas and right that's something that i can't just sit down and and do so it's it's mm. uh, panicking and, <laughs> <laughs> for me it was panicking and walking around and uh, and trying to to get things together so um I hope that all makes sense somehow. It does. Yeah, yeah. I find that panicking is an important uh, stage of the artistic process, <laughs> Parti- yeah. particularly with storyboards. <laughs> yes, but you also have, and that's that I find is is very important. Uh, but I just I, that's something that I'm thinking about now is what what's really important is that you have to have a bit of like arrogance or or, or um, uh, confidence. More, it's more confidence to to yeah, I, I will get this done. Mm. Even if you don't really know or don't really feel like you you could, so, <laughs> so you, you just have to be stupid in that way to get things done, I think, or ignorant. So <laughs> that's more important, or maybe for me more productive than uh, panicking. So yes, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, wow, that's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were coming up. What was that process like coming up for an episode? Because I've heard working on Adventure Time that like, you guys start with a prompt and then you get a script back from the writer and that it's just this like big process. But I just don't know. <laughs> how, did, <laughs> how did that whole story process go? Um, I, I can only, only say what I heard and what I experienced. So um, yeah, yeah. I think um, what 
it's a it's a board driven show, so uh, they the writers are sitting down and coming up with with an outline, which is which was in my case like uh, two two pages or or one and a half. I don't remember quite, but but not more than two pages of text and really wow. rough text, and that's every all you get as a as a storyboarder. Wow! So that, you have it's so much shorter up. than I thought you would get. <laughs> no, that's it. And and there um, there was like some lines of dialogue, but you can change it, and some ideas, but you you can inter interpret it like you seem fit. Mm -hmm. And then you have one week, or you had one week. It's what it's 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 some years ago, but you had had one week to get a rough version of the storyboard, and then you get notes on that, and then another round, I think. Uh, another rough round, and uh, if I remember correctly, then you had two weeks to to clean everything up and get it ready. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's something. It sounds like again, I'm just blown away that you like just receiving like a page and a half to two pages of like rough text, and then it's like, yeah. okay, there you go. Like, what? Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you you are working. I think the teams are always working together. That's that's cool. You aren't alone with it. You don't have to be to to do an, an episode alone. So it's always two people. Mm, that's cool. Thanks. And we got a lot of good. Like when we had any questions in between, we could call the producer or or, or, or the story story guys. And, and so you you aren't alone with it. So you don't have a lot of um, things that that you have to do. You you have a lot of freedom to to work your ideas out. I think mm, so. that's really great, and I couldn't imagine it working on a show like uh, started doing storyboards uh, on a script driven show. I don't know if if that would be if I would like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so after storyboarding on a couple of episodes for Adventure Time. You said you got to work on Clarence after they just discovered your work on the internet, which is really cool discovery. Can you tell us a bit about what it was like working on Clarence? Um, they asked me, and I think it was in 2013, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I got a request to do, to do the, um, the storyboard test. And um, after that, they asked for, like... Um, um, not very regularly, but but once in a while they ask for for backgrounds, like every month a few backgrounds uh, of freelance work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, at some point there there was a job opening or some some not not an official job opening, but but somebody uh, stopped doing background there, right. and I I could um, fill in for for them and. Since then, I'm doing remote, uh, doing um, full-time background design um, for Clarence. So it was, uh, I think, since the beginning of 2015, I'm doing uh, full-time. Oh, wow. Yeah, congrats. Oh, so That's awesome. Brilliant. And I guess this kind of goes along with um, Adventure Time from before, but particularly with working on these backgrounds now. When we were talking earlier, you said that you've, you know, you've been freelancing from home and... Mm -hmm. What's that been like? Has that presented any challenges, or do you have a like pretty set routine that you're like, I know that if I implement this routine at home, I know I'll be able to like get all this stuff done, like, like that sort of thing. Mm, I think with with design work, it is like that. So um, I think it's difficult to work from home um, if you don't have like a restricted space to work, or if you don't have restricted 
restricted time periods that you can work without distraction. So that's, that's a thing that really helps, which I don't always have, but mostly have. Mm-hmm. And for, for design, I, I can, it, it's always difficult to, to like, uh, uh, tell beforehand how, how much time a certain thing would take when you mm-hmm. work on it's for, for me, it's like that when you work on, on, uh, when you work on drawings or on creative stuff, I think it's always difficult to, to measure the time amount that would. Uh, yeah, no, I, no, I was going to say I'm, I'm the same way where it's like, I, I'm like, I think it'll take this amount of time. Then like, I didn't anticipate yeah. this thing in yeah. here. <laughs> and on the other hand it's it's rare but all, but it, it also occurs that uh, i i get a request for an illustration for a newspaper or something and and i just run through it on in a day that that also that also happens so that's, that's the other thing that you think it's it's gonna take you like like two days or three and and then it's just one day <laughs> or just one afternoon or something it's uh, done, and you think, how'd that happen? <laughs> well, that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And and that's that's uh, I think that's dependent on on a, a mood set that you get into. If you if you get in a certain flow, then then that's possible. And um, that's that's also yeah. That's I think that's the biggest challenge that I I'm facing right now is how to to get in a mindset that you can really work through through something without distractions or um, yeah. I think that's a, that's that's really the hardest thing. For me to crack, the hardest nut to crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, distractions can be those can be really tough to deal with. I um, mm. like the biggest one for me is I I have three dogs and oh yeah, and if I close my door for the most part, like they're fine. Like close the door to my office, they won't bother me. I guess and I can get some good work done. But most times they'll start scratching on the door, and then I'm like, oh, well, I gotta let them in. Oh no, now they went outside and just that's so so I. Yeah, for me, that's probably, like, my biggest uh, distraction. <laughs> yeah, do you have any uh, consistent distra- uh, distractions that really, yeah, like... Just the, just the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, internet just too. Myself. <laughs> no, um, I, have, uh, I have a little family, and um, they always work to, to get me the time that I need. And then it's difficult for me, like, um, it's often that I need something to, to keep my mind occupied with, like listening to something or, or watching something and I'm um, often I when I when I get in trouble I'm, I'm just sitting there and, and I, um, I, I, I think that I need something to watch to start work and um, mm. that uh, obviously that's only working when when I'm working on like design stuff because when I need to write story or something I can't listen to anything yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah and um, so I'm watching a lot of really mediocre and like guilty pleasure stuff or, or things that I saw before because I can't, I, I won't watch anything that I, I, I think I, I would really like. I haven't seen an animation film in a long time because I can't uh, watch something like that with one eye while I'm, wor- while I'm working. So mm. just, I, I recently finished The Walking Dead. So that's, that's really, Ooh. I really hated it, but it and, and annoyed the hell out of me, but it was... <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was good because I, I'm not interested in it really, uh-huh. and, and it, it, but, but it's a nice like background ambience for me <laughs> to work. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, and it was available on on, on Amazon, I think. So. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's funny. I yeah, I can completely see. You wouldn't want to be watching something that you're really enjoying because yeah. then you do just want to sit there and watch it. Yeah, of course. I mean. 
certainly for myself, I rarely have anything other than music or podcasts on while I'm working because I, I get distracted so easily. Even if it's kind of mediocre, I'm just like, oh, why have they chosen to do that? And I just get really involved with the other side of it, of, like, analysing it instead of watching it. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I completely understand about having, like, ambient noise around you, though. That could be really helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My goal, though, is to work in complete silence. Really? Wow. <laughs> but sometimes it's really working out for me, but... but yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> I think it can depend what kind of mood you're in as well. Mm-hmm. And- and how, how fit you are. I, I can work much better in the mornings. Than, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I was just thinking, I was like, do I work better in the morning or the afternoon? When do I work better? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a morning person for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to sit down and get going on it without having done too much other stuff already. Mm. Yeah. This is just one of those things. Yeah, that's nice. I, I, I think I'm good for either one, but but usually it's like either half of my day has to, like half of my day is better if it's meetings and then if the other half is just art then i'm way more productive instead of having meetings like interspersed throughout the day so yeah yeah cuz like working in the morning is really nice sun's rising and it's like kind of quiet <sighs> so peaceful <laughs> yes what i what i really like is, is to get up um my my now wife she's a teacher so she gets up uh, quite quite early, and where before we had our da- daughter, I was the, the earliest bird in in like my my group of colleagues and and people who work in creative industries. So I was writing emails before they even got get to work. So that was a great feeling <laughs> to be that early. <laughs> I really like that. It's sort of I find sometimes in the mornings there's sort of these secret hours when people aren't quite up yet and you feel like you can just plug away and get stuff done. Yeah. And it's this great feeling of I've got all this stuff done and now it's only mid morning and I can take yeah. a little break or something. It's great. So nice when it's before eleven AM I think that's Yes. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess now we could shift gears a little bit and start talking backgrounds. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Jess and I really wanted to ask you, what do you feel is the most important thing about a good animation background? Hui. <laughs> okay. Um, I think mm, it's difficult to say because it very much depends on, 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 on the kind of show or the kind of scene that you are doing kind of move and uh, mm-hmm. so there's some obvious there's obvious stuff like not distracting from the character or, or giving a nice atmosphere or um, the right atmosphere and uh, yeah um, I'm rarely constructing backgrounds completely because I always work I, I get like a sketch from the storyboard mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I'm building the um, background up from from that and there's already i already get an animatic where i can see how it how it's all interconnected and how how the scene has to hook up and so i don't have to make all the work of finding the perspective and so that that's something that already has been done when i when i get into into the Mm -hmm. thing so um, oh, okay. So is that done in the storyboarding phase, typically? Yes. Yeah. It's it's it depends on the storyboarder. Uh, some storyboarders, uh, or also on the, on on how much effort has been put in in this and that scene. So so it it really differs differs how how detailed or how established the sketch is that I get. Sometimes I have to really figure out where 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 this is taking place or 
but other times it's uh, like I just have to do the inking. So. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. That's that's really it's really uh, it really differs. It's, that's also a thing that makes it difficult to est estimate how long it would take me to do like I can do ten on a day or get stuck with one on a day. So that's that's the range for it. Wow. Like when, like when you say the ten backgrounds, do you, are you implying like, like if they were like simpler backgrounds, or you're just having to like ink and color them? Because that's that's a lot of backgrounds. That's oh, great. Oh, yeah, I, I don't do coloring. Uh, oh, okay. That's background painters who, who do that. So I just do the design, the, the black and white design for for the background. Wow. Oh. And then someone else is going in and paint paint them. Are you in charge of value then too, or is the, is that more the background painter that takes it's care? All, of? I just do like. Sometimes I can um, I do like uh, a grayscale in uh -huh. some some parts just to make it clear what I mean um, for for the background painter, but mostly it's really just line work, just just inks. Ooh, I feel like that'd be fun. I like inks are great. Yeah, <laughs> there's something really cathartic about just mm, about being able to focus on just making a really awesome ink drawing. It's my favorite part. That's one of my favorite parts of the process. Yeah, and, and I think that's also. Um, it's also nice to, um, it's my step and, and the, the, the painters who do an awesome job, it's, it's always amazing to see the thing colored then afterwards. So, mm -hmm. so they add like, in Clarence they add like, I think two or three layers in shade, shading values and um, also little details and they color the outlines. So they do a lot of great work after I'm done. So. Wow, that's super cool. <laughs> Sometimes I've, I'm 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 a bit ashamed when I I'm putting too much detail that that can happen <laughs> because I I would hate to color it if if that would be my own thing <laughs> I, I I would think to myself oh why did I include that and now it has to be it doesn't really fit in like when I, when you put in a detail that is um, something else like the rest so you have to find another a right color for it and and it it can mess up your whole like uh, color scheme so <laughs> sometimes i feel bad for 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 the people who need to to color my background so <laughs> but, yeah just get carried away and have to send a little note with it saying i'm really sorry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's something i could do in the, in the future. <laughs> yeah yes black and white that's great. Do you find that um, making backgrounds for animated series is different to what you do for your own work, like in your comics and such? Mm. Since now I've been so lucky as that I didn't have to change my style a lot. Mm. I think basically Clarence is very up my alley and very my... I, did, I, I just draw the background there like I would do my own work also. Oh, cool. A little bit different, but, but, but it's basically... What, what I would draw it for me as well. So that's a good thing for me. Yeah. When I do it for myself, I, I am a bit more like, I think I'm, I'll, I'll a bit, be a bit quicker with decisions and mm -hmm. happy to take risks or try something new because you can't do that if you are working for a show with an established style so much. So that's, that's maybe a difference. Yeah, and um, of course it's, it's something else to do, um, a background for a tiny little panel in a comic or a full background for a, for a series. Yeah. What do you think a successful background can bring to an animation? Because you were saying about uh, making them work together. I think in, Clara, in, Clara, in, the, in the case of Clarence, it's, um, there's a lot of world building in the background, a lot of indirect storytelling, mm -hmm. like um, little details and um, 
we have a lot a lot of details in in that in those backgrounds i think uh, when you there are different shows that have like more impressionistic or more um backgrounds with broader strokes i don't know how to tell where where there aren't so many details and and mm. i think that's a bit more abstract yeah right <laughs> and in, in clarence there's really a lot of small stuff and a lot of that shows how how the world is and i think for clarence that's important because it's um it portrays like childhood memories mm. and what, what you what you saw on the street and patches of grass growing through cracks in in the in the in the sidewalk and all those little things that kids are dealing with like <laughs> yeah you almost feel like a kid again watching the show it'll bring back a lot of memories i, I feel as you're watching it but like so the grass coming out of like the sidewalk and everything and just yeah i think that's that's a, that's a, the goal of it or or the, yeah i think it's lovely that the backgrounds deal with so much of the world building because yeah when when you are a kid everything seems really important and everything sort of has a story behind it mm. it's lovely that it's it's picked up like that in the show, I think it's great. I think so too. Yeah, that that was what I what I really liked about about it when I got the the design test. So mm. because that, that was already that that's that were those were the rules for it to to concentrate on these details and uh, really fell in love with the co- concept right away. So yeah, did they outline what things you needed to include, or did you have the freedom to include like those little elements like you were talking about? that like that maybe like a kid would pick up on or like that can bring up those nostalgic feelings yeah um i you i i just saw the design bible for for the show i think they sent me sent me some of of that mm-hmm. and there was like suggestions for for like hiding money like like money on the street somewhere yeah? In, the pre- in yeah something like that or doing a lot of uh of wires um oh wow um, kind of like frayed wires maybe like sticking out from somewhere or no it's it's no. like um power lines ah that's a word. oh yeah doing, doing yeah, a lot yeah. of power lines which is um i, I at the first I, I thought i i wasn't able to do it because in germany we don't have a lot of power wires anymore because everything <laughs> is like power lines anymore because oh, we yeah. put everything in the ground so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really a difference and and i i went through um a town in arizona that was like the um role model for for where for Aberdale, where Clarence takes place, and and I just had a few strolls with Google Google Earth there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I could. Also, the sidewalks are do, uh, all pretty much is it's it's very similar, but but there are a lot of little differences, and it was really fun to explore that. And um, I'm occasionally going back to to reference folders, or if I, if I if I see like uh, like a movie or something that takes place in 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 the USA, I, I would pick up little details that I like and try to, to get it, get them somewhere in the background. So that's, that's always nice. Yeah. yeah. What are some of your favorite details to include? Uh, um, sometimes I do like references to, to movies or, or something, or um, yeah? I like to put in action figures, action figurines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are always fun, like looking at yeah, uh, just watching the show. Those are always a blast to look in the background and say like, oh what, like what, like what action figures does he have? <laughs> oh man, look at that! Yeah. <laughs> like, it's cool. And 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 was we we had uh, a few in, uh, action figures like sticking in in the dirt somewhere or or it was was torn off limbs or and stuff and uh, <laughs> like I, I always like what I what I really like to draw is like nature and 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 sticks and 
and trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. that's, that's something that I enjoy and that I'm, uh, that I'm really much more faster than, uh, than drawing like buildings. And Clarence has some really wonderful nature shots, too. Mm. Like, there's one episode where he, and I, I forget his friend's name, but it's the girl down the street, but, like, they're playing on this giant bolt. Like, it's one of the yeah. other episodes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do yeah. any backgrounds for that, though. But uh -huh. oh, that's really nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite episode that you that you worked on? Uh, yes. But I didn't do a lot of backgrounds for it. And oh, really? My, my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite episode was, uh, my favorite episode at the moment is, like, I think, Mystery Girl. Yeah. And one of my favorite episodes to do backgrounds was, um, uh, let me think, um, there's, there's one episode, it's uh, called Lizard Day Afternoon, that was pretty fun, mm -hmm. um, where Clarence and Sumo are just chasing a uh, lizard through most of the episode, and um, <laughs> I had to draw a lot of chase scene, a lot of mm -hmm, scene, yeah. uh, backgrounds for the chase scene, and it was on a scrapyard. Oh, oh no! Oh, sorry, my favorite <laughs> one to, to, to draw was was on was one episode on the on a scrapyard in a big scrapyard. Oh, cool! Where I kept, and it was uh, what was it called? It's an episode where there are a lot of where's a scrapyard, where's uh, a lot of abandoned and uh, broken um, parts from different uh, playgrounds. So that was really fun to to put like slides in there and carousels and um, oh yeah. yeah that'd be so much that'd be so cool uh, to work on and incorporate all that stuff in the background oh my gosh but but also broken cars and refrigerators it was really <laughs> a cool mixture of like uh, like uh, playground stuff and actual uh, actual uh, like uh, scrap or garbage I don't know yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> wow when you were working on that episode do you remember if those backgrounds were like when you received them, if they were already fairly detailed or did you have the freedom to put in a lot of that stuff uh, just to your own like will? Does that make sense? <laughs> it, I think like, it was me medium. It was quite normal. It was, uh, uh -huh. yeah. How did you, for that background, for you, when you could decide what elements you wanted to put into certain parts, how did you balance out the, like, the junky parts with the fridge and the trash with the playground parts? Did you have a sort of method for balancing the two of those out? Mm, no, no. The, I think that depended on 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 the show, on the on the content of the show. How, how it, it really was important that there was a lot of playground stuff. So uh, mm -hmm. I think no, I, I didn't have a percentage of. But but it was clear that that you had to see like in every shot that it was. I think for me at least it was. I didn't have any. Restrictions, but for me it was uh, it was important that you see that it uh, was playground stuff on, mm -hmm. in each in each shot. So that makes sense. Did, so did the playground stuff for for yourself making wanting to make the playground stuff a focal point? Did you mm. have did you have a way that because I imagine you wouldn't want the playground stuff to fight with the characters that are in the shot, but you want to showcase the play the playground stuff too. I'd mm. imagine. So in that regard. How did you create your background and add those elements so that the playground elements, for example, didn't fight against the animation that the background was showcasing? Mm. In these scenes, we we had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to to put in like um, like characters also, like like rides for kids, like like an elephant that a kid could like <laughs> ride on or something. Oh, cool. And those might be the thing that could compete with the characters, maybe because they they are also in a way characters. Mm -hmm. But I think that's not the big problem or that's the thing that you can 
I have to solve in, in, in the coloring process. Because you, if you, even if you have a whole scene full of characters, you can stick out the character, uh, the actual characters that are acting, um, just if you just was coloring the background in a in a more like um, subtle way. So, so oh, okay. I think that's not 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 a big problem that that the background designers have, but but more a problem for um, for coloring. That's really interesting. So it seems like, okay, if I'm understanding correctly, that you can unify a background despite the amount of detail or what, what's going on back there, maybe through how you're using uh, using color or maybe even value to an extent. Yeah, of to course. Get, that's cool. And uh, so maybe yeah. like making... I think that's, uh, it was, was, was my, was my uh, work on Clarence, that's, that's something that I um, keep for, for, for doing or, or that the, the, the color artists do, but in my own work, that's that's something that I have to actually have to deal with, and I often find that um, that the inking is uh, like when when you have a detailed inking and you color it, you often or I often have the effect that it seems to have less details, for example. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I when I work on a comic, that's that's when I really experience that you have to color the background in a way that harmonizes with the with the character and and like brings out what you want to to tell in the scene uh yeah mm -hmm. it's always yeah, weird with coloring so that's something that i can actually tell it's always weird with coloring because um when i am coloring something i all the time feel this looks really bad or this isn't this will not work out i just <laughs> i never work with uh, I, I i never work with a coloring wheel or something i don't have any any i i'm pretty lo-fi with photoshop i just use like uh, the round brush nothing else and just uh, -huh. uh in pencil mode just hard pixels hard black pixels and uh, i don't use any customization in photoshop or any add-ons nothing <laughs> and just pick the colors as i just from from i don't don't have a palette i just pick the colors one by one from from the big color and uh, what's it the the value color thing that you get with right clicking so <laughs> so that's it and uh and it, i'm i'm starting it and and picking something that i like and uh the whole time i'm thinking oh this looks like wow, really weird and and most of the time luckily I, I i i um i do it until i'm finished and then i'm looking at it the next day and then i think oh it's okay <laughs> so, <laughs> Like, oh, so that's my actually. that's my process. So it's so <laughs> weird because uh, I don't have that with drawing, just with coloring. I um, the whole time I think it's 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 garbage, and then next day, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> really weird. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I love I love that your your method is so lo-fi. I think that's wonderful, and I think I think it helps give it that real energy to it because everything just feels so lively. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I want to brag about it. This I, I only use two layers. Wow. Uh, really? Oh. With, <laughs> with character design, often just one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? That's awesome. Oh, wow. Well, no, it's a, like your color work is so strong. I mean, that was something mm. when Lauren and I like were researching your work. Everything is just so incredibly vibrant. And like and really everything, like like you said, everything harmonizes really, really well. And mm -hmm. all the colors pop, like as you're as you're coloring. Is there any sort of planning in a way as like as you're coloring? Like, are you thinking ahead to like, well, if I color it this way, I can harmonize it with maybe like a blue, like harmonize yeah. this, this yellow with a blue later. 
or is it more in the moment where you're like, I think a blue would be nice here? <laughs> no, it's it's of course it's uh, no, of course I'm I'm just I, I'm thinking about contrast and and color contra contrast and stuff. Uh, of course, yeah. Uh huh. But it's it's not that I plan too much ahead. It's mm -hmm. it's maybe it depends on the job, but on uh, on illustration work, I if maybe maybe I have some like. They want something in a particular way, and yeah. But I have like some general ideas when I'm starting, mostly. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you said, your work has such a bouncy, fun, cartoony feel to it. But when you really look at it, whether it's the backgrounds that you do for Clarence or whether it's your own personal work, it always conveys a really strong understanding of the design principles like you know volume and space composition depth and mood we realize that you give something so well designed such clarity in whatever it is that you make so we wanted to ask what do you feel is the key to a unified design or composition mm. <laughs> it's not a difficult question at all <laughs> no no <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think it would be difficult if I had to do something not in my own like mindset or my own style. Mm -hmm. So that, that's when I would really have to think hard about that or really have to like make an effort to do that. Yeah. And otherwise it's I think it's just what I like. It's really just that what I really like uh, and that then it comes like I think automatically or just thinking about the small pieces that every small piece is like that I like the small decisions and then it, it it will come together like like uh if i like every small part of it then i like the whole thing i think that's it yeah <laughs> if oh, that, that makes sense so. yeah no it really does i mean you talked earlier about when um just like way back at the start of the interview mm -hmm. and you were talking about how you spent a few years basically developing your personal style like do you find that that time was really important to finding out what you liked when it came to designing and illustrating and uh maybe even like animating uh, to an extent mm, yes but i i don't think or I, I i try not to to think that now i have it or something or now i'm mm -hmm. i i hope that it will develop as i it, it did always before i hope I hope it. I, I don't. I don't believe that that you find your style and then you you are keeping it because that's mostly what brings people to do the same over and over again, and that that's what what what's getting boring after after a while. Mm -hmm. So I hope that um, I, I try to break it up and to to give it freedom to um, to develop. And um, it's not that I was sitting down or had the goal at the beginning to, to develop a style or something. I, I just added, if, if I, I look back for a few years and uh, see what I liked back then, it's uh -huh. totally different what influences I had or what, what I liked about the, the particular in influences. And I think that's what changes the style after a while. Mm. So that you like different things or you got deeper into certain things and thought more about certain certain stuff and I think that's what changing your style or what defines your style that's really mm. cool do you find are, are there any influences now that you find influence you I need to reword that <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh-huh. whether it's an actual example or just a way, a different way of uh, maybe even approaching your work? Mm, what I'm thinking about now a lot is um, what drawing really means and what, what possibilities you have with a drawing and not to forget what possi- possibilities you have. Mm. Like you can do anything on paper with the lines. And I think often it's, 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 uh, often you get into, into a trap that, that you think uh, you have to, to draw something in a certain way to, to convey a message. And, um, but you, you, you are absolutely free what you're doing with the lines here. So you can, so that's what something that, that I'm thinking about now. If, if the th- I'm re-evaluating, uh, like maybe for example, um, how to, to draw, a, uh, volume on a character, does it really have to be um, looking like, does it have to be uh, so dimensional or could it be flatter or something? So that's some, something that influences me right now, I think. Mm, I, wow. I'm, I, th- I, I um, try to, to get my style a bit flatter again or a bit like um, not so perfect. So, so mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm thinking now. So. That's really exciting. That sounds great. Yeah. No, it's really interesting that you say that because, again, just in your work and like whether it's your comics or the backgrounds that we've seen, it seems that your fundamentals are really solid, actually. <laughs> and uh, uh, but that, yeah, yeah, that your fundamentals are solid, um, but that you're also not overthinking it either. There's this ease about your work that's really it's just it's just delightful <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Do you? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, no, no problem. I will. Oh man, I'll say that time and time again. Um like so as you're drawing, are you focused on ensuring that those fundamentals are solid or it sounds like maybe you're actively focusing on even breaking them up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, as you're working. Yeah. I think that's it. I I I um I don't do a lot of sketches anymore like on in sketchbooks or something or development stuff. Oh really? Mostly I think it's also a time thing, but mostly I'm trying to to break little things up while I, I'm working on on on, uh, on actual work. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like there again. It just seems like there's like this theme of freedom throughout all of your work. That you're like, I'm going to explore this thing and see what happens, and it's which is really cool. I like it. Mm. Like I want to try it. I have a specific question, actually, in regards to a fundamental, because uh, and it's in regards to perspective in mm-hmm. work, because you know the classical perspective that can easily get really like it can get pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you how do you deal with um, perspective in your work? Because again, your work looks like it, it's very flat, but it conveys such a great sense of depth at the same time. How do you go about, I guess, doing that? Do you? Are you thinking about perspective at all or how things fit in space or is it? Oh, yeah, I, I do think about that. But um, um, in my personal work, I don't do a lot of construction before I start or, or, or I don't work a lot with like construction lines or something. Mm-hmm. And I also like it's I think it's not the only example, but that's the one that comes to my mind now is like, um, uh, you know, Jean Soir, the comic artist, the French one. Pick one. Oh, maybe. I, I don't know if I know John Swart, but I don't... His name sounds familiar. Yeah, right? he, uh, his, his, I think his most, uh, most um, well-known uh, work is um, The Rabbi's Cat, the comic book series. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, but, but he's, he's like really 
productive and really loose uh, mm -hmm. storyteller and, and also loose drawer. <laughs> a loose drawer is great. <laughs> like a furniture. No, he's a... <laughs> He just kind of, just kind of like, gotta like wiggle it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a, and 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 he's really, really like um, free and um, liberate in in drawing perspective, and it it also works all the time. Like he conveys what he wants to tell, and and he conveys if he wants to show a room, but it it's loose and it, it changes a lot, and it really, it's really not constructed at all and that's that's definitely a, a big um, influence for me in that way that if I'm and this is only for for my own work because uh, I can take more risks there and that that I often think like I don't care really if, if this really applies to to the rules of drawing perspective so I, I just go with with how how it just works out like with cheap tricks and stuff and um so that's 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 but that's my 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 personal work um with, with real backgrounds i have to to uh, like work for another one's vision so that's that's something else so yeah there there i use construction lines so <laughs> well it's really interesting too because again in your like like your personal work in particular i mean all of your work seems this way but again like i it seems very free and I think you can, I think, again, I think that sort of looseness that you're talking about really gives it this, uh, nice kinetic energy as you're just moving through the pieces. And I think even in your backgrounds, like even looking at it, like looking at them for clearance and all of that, that, that actually translates because like, because you like, you're so well-versed in being free in your work mm -hmm. that even when you use construction lines that translates. So it still feels like, like it, like it's like that sense of structure is there, but it still feels very loose and like free and nice. Like even then, in in your Clarence background. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Just like sweet. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have another technical question though, in regards to when you're working uh, loosely, do you thumbnail at all, or do you just go in, like, yeah, do you thumbnail at all, or is there any sort of pre-planning beforehand? Mm, that depends. Um, not as I said, like uh, in my in commercial work and in, in background work, I often have like a sketch, so I don't have to do any sketching, and I often uh, sketch right away in the piece that I do. So I'm working mostly digital, which is also a bit sad, but it's like it is. <laughs> and I, um, I just have my file, my original file, and then I have a layer where I use a round pencil with a gray <laughs> and then yeah. I just, just just sketch right into into the piece so um and but I don't really thumbnail for for comics I for comics it's the same way I just have the files and uh, with the actual final like uh, page page ratio and mm -hmm. I just have a layer with sketches and just working from there until it's finished so um no, no real thumbnailing no <laughs> not really do you ever get the opportunity to um to draw analog these days or is it all just digital do you find no i i would have the opportunity but but i think um it's i think it also has to do with distraction because when i work digitally i can move on faster and and try mm. things and, and delete things and um <clears throat> i talked or or um 
I see that that my method is is different from other people's. I I know like um, a, a befriended comics artist who who really works only analog and or mostly analog um, except coloring. And he's he's um, he stated a few times that it's for him really important to think really think how the the drawing would look like before he draws it mm-hmm. really like envisions it and that's something i i don't really do i i i i, re- I, I really just draw and if mm-hmm. it's not right i really draw it's more like may- maybe molding or something oh okay less uh, less thinking it through from the beginning so um yeah that's something that would maybe and that's something that did don't work as well with um with analog drawing for me because I don't like pencils a lot, like real pencils. I oh, just, okay. I, I, I just use uh, uh, ink right away. Right. And um, so that, so if I, I did some comic pages uh, analog, but it was like really thick with uh, correction fluid, like with, um, <laughs> like with uh, Tipex. It's really yeah. thick. And uh, so that's what happened then, and and I uh, and you can't I can't be too distracted with that. I really need to to focus when I will, I'm working on a finished piece, analogically. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's great though. It does give it such a spontaneous feel to it, though. I think. Yeah, and it hurts my eyes. <laughs> I don't think it's it's healthy to sit on a Cintico the whole day, but. No. I, I have to figure out another way in the upcoming years, maybe. <laughs> Sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really. There are there are glasses for 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 Cintiq users. Oh really? Yeah. Really? So. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and also, what helps is uh, you can there's there are some apps that take out the amount of blue um, color in in the in the screen if you're working oh, nights, yeah. so that you have just. It's like you're captain of a of a U-boat or something. It's, it's, it's just orange screen where you are working then. But it's 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 more relaxing and and better for your sleep. So yeah, yeah, I've heard that they've um I've heard about it being used quite a lot if people are using tablets and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, how it just makes everything sort of red, warm light instead of blue. It's supposed to yeah make you feel more relaxed. Yeah, I didn't realize you could do that on Cintiqs though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, of course you can. It's, there's, a, there's an app for 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 Mac, but also I guess for PC. Oh, cool. Probably there is, and uh, I don't know what's it called now, but you can look it up, I think. And, yeah. Uh, it just it's uh, you can time it, and it automatically like if if the sun goes down, it, it changes to red. Wow. That's bad for coloring, so you can't do color. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, with oh. that Im- impact on on the coloring. So I suppose it would. I guess yeah. that'd be a nice way to create boundaries in terms of how long you can work for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't use it anymore because I am too lazy to start it up again. So. <laughs> or I didn't. Uh, I, it was too much. Like yeah, no. I, I should use it, but I don't do it anymore. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for talking with us. This was already 
super enjoyable and it's only the first part i know absolutely loved this episode i I think one of my favorite parts was hearing how thomas created backgrounds featuring midwestern neighborhoods while living in germany right you know i i live in the midwest and you know while watching clarence everything felt like home to me like watching the show and it feels like watch like like it feels like I'm watching my childhood in a lot of ways. Wow. And um, so hearing about how he gathered his reference about like looking at different neighborhoods and also like picking out the parts that resonated with him personally and making sure to insert that into his backgrounds. So I, I thought that was really inspiring. And it was really cool to see the effect and impact that quality research as well as leaning into the things that personally inspire you, just how that can really elevate your art and create connection with an audience it's just wonderful Mm, it was really good for me on top of all the background tips and just hearing about the actual process between you know getting a script and what you have to do as a background designer that was all new to me and really interesting but it, it was I think it was Thomas's approach to just fast iterations and being experimental with stuff more so in his personal work I think but I'd really like to foster that more in my animation work is just trying to get ideas out is it working no that's cool let's try something else um and just kind of going through that process a little more quickly rather than being too precious about everything because I have a tendency to do that (laughs) and how that all then ties in with kind of expecting his visual style to evolve over time that once you have found something that you like about it that it doesn't have to stay that way forever Mm. and that you should allow it to change over time as well which is really nice I think so often we feel like oh I found my visual voice finally or it's on the quest to find what it looks like and it's always going to look like that and actually that's not that's not the case I think as people we change over time so why wouldn't our visual style change as well Mm -hmm. that was just super cool I like that yeah it was a real real good part yeah so we hope you really enjoyed hearing from Thomas today to find him and his work you can check it out at his website which is thomaswellman.eu that's t-h-o-m-a-s w-e-l-l M-A-N-N dot E-U. He's also on social media. At Twitter, he is at Thomas Wellman. And on Instagram, he is at Wellmouse, Hmm. which is W-E-L-L-M-A-U-S. He's got loads of his backgrounds on his website, as well as links to his comics work and his books. So have a good dig around look at it all study the backgrounds they're all really good his whole work is just a feast for your eyeballs it's great (laughs) you'll just be in a good mood after checking it out it's just lovely oh yes yeah oh man well everybody thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode if you would like to follow us you can find us on instagram and twitter at diya show or the diy animation show on facebook And, of course, you can always find us at the website, diyanimation.show, forward slash DIYA22, where you'll find all the links for this episode. 
You can also listen and follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, where you will find all past, present, and future episodes of the DIY Animation Show. Wow. <laughs> it's magic. It's so magical. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode or had any thoughts on it, please feel free to reach out to us on your favorite social platform because we would love to talk with you about it. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to support the DIY Animation Show, consider throwing us a coffee over at coffee.com forward slash DIYA show. That's ko-fi.com forward slash DIYA show. The price of a cup of joe will go directly towards funding the creation of the DIY animation show, helping with hosting costs and ultimately enabling us to grow. Thank you for your generosity if you're able to donate. And honestly, regardless of that, just thank you so much for your support in general. Mm-hmm. So it's always a pleasure. Yeah. You guys are the best. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, join us for part two of Thomas's interview next month on Wednesday, November 20th, where we will touch on character design, his comics, and more pro tips for creating backgrounds for your animated project. Until next time, follow your heart and have fun animating. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We'll see you next time. Bye. The DIY Animation Show is an indie production from your hosts, Jessica Dahl and Lauren Morse. Our theme music was provided by Azure Flux. Subscribe at DIYanimation.show. If you liked this podcast, Maybe you'll enjoy more art and story podcasts from our friends at the Oatly Academy of Visual Storytelling, featuring insights from some of the most inspiring voices in animation, games, biz effects, comics, and children's books. Find them at friendsofdiya.com. We'll see you next time. Bye! Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Skype lag. Ah. <laughs> no, it's not. I think it's no Skype lag. It's just my uh, habit of of uh, disrupting people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny because I have at least on Skype, but I have a habit of disrupting people too. <laughs> so Great. <we> just <laughs> so we'll just keep disrupting each yeah. other. <laughs> Good combination. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs>